On this edition of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, we're talking about burnout. One of our listeners sent in several great questions, and as we read through them, we started seeing themes of wanting to throw in the towel, wanting to put the kids in public school, needing dad to swoop in and save mom. So we sat down to answer these questions, and along the way, we grabbed several good friends, some homeschool moms, who were willing to admit, yes, I'm burned out. And here's the thing. It doesn't just happen at the middle of the year. It happens all the time. It literally comes and goes sometimes on a daily basis at different periods of the day. And I think it was really helpful for me, even in answering the question, saying, what is at the root of, you know, that distress? And so often, like I said, it's when I play that comparison game. It's when I feel like I'm not doing well when my needs are not taking care of the things that I need as a mom to give my best to my kids. So it was actually a good good little exercise for me to answer the questions. So, Hurlers, if you're a homeschool mom or a homeschool dad that just wants to put up the white flag and say enough is enough, I'm done with this, join us on this episode as we talk about I love homeschooling, but I'm totally burned out. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. And we're sitting in our studio on a bright, sunny California morning. How you doing? It's been a hard week. Yeah, but that's just fluff, you saying that. <laughs> yeah, he, You know why I'm saying that? Because we've been asking the last couple episodes for uh, our listeners to go to iTunes, and it's been working, right? Yeah, actually, I the last time I had looked, there were uh, there was 40 comments, and then you popped it up today, and there were like 65 or something. Yeah, so I want to thank you all for going there, but we get this comment in, and I don't know it's, who it's from, because they use just letters in their name, so it's like a random assortment, but, <laughs> but it's a nice comment. Listen to what they said. They yeah. said, you know, I'm not homeschooling yet, my oldest isn't yet two, but I'm listening to this to prepare myself. They're listening to homeschooling in real life to prepare themselves. That's great. My wife was homeschooled. <laughs> That's really great. Yeah, my wife was homeschooled, and we want to improve on the model she had. The podcast actually does discuss the possible pitfalls and damages that can occur, and it's good to hear people be critical but encouraging. Sound quality is really good. Thank you. Hey, go and the hosts are engaging enough. Now, here's the part that made me laugh. the The only bad part is that the first ten minutes of many episodes is just fluff, but after that, it's great. So enjoy this fluff section right now, and I'm doing this, I'm, I'm calling this uh, reviewer out because I, the fluff, fluff is my favorite part. This is like I know. where we actually have fun on this podcast. <laughs> Except, you know what, Fletch? I get this comment because there are times that I'll watch a um, tutorial video and I'm like, get to the point. Yeah, so we're so going to get, get to the point. We have a great episode, right? That's what we say every time. This is a great episode. Ah. This one is on a homeschool burnout, and we'll get there. Uh, we're going to talk to a couple moms 
Uh, but I, I do want to remind you that if, if you haven't left a review for us, please do so. We have found that this effort to, to get you to do it, um, we're getting one to two emails a day mm-hmm. from listeners now that have uh, questions and that are following up on something we said on the podcast. Um, our iTunes ranking has been soaring, which means it's getting out there. I mean, I think if we look at it, multiple thousands yeah. now is what our our download numbers are showing. And wow, we just want to thank you for being super loyal listeners. And all that to say, if you can do that, pop on over to iTunes and leave us a five star review exactly five don't start don't even bother with a one two three four go right to the five um and your comments are really helpful we we take them seriously um and we so appreciate the encouragement but yeah even the fluff comment we'll we'll try for less fluff (laughs) yeah and so we had a listener write in she emailed to us and again i'm gonna have a hard time because her last name is like a bunch of letters again but it's a real last name i just don't know how to pronounce it um so i'm just gonna call her lauren because I don't know, I'm not going to butcher her last name. <laughs> but Lauren wrote in and you she... You realize the problem is not with her last name. It's not. It's totally with me. I mean, <laughs> it's got to be a pretty basic common American name for me not to screw it up. Hey, um, Lauren wrote in and she had been listening to episode 30. Do you remember what episode 30 was, Kendra? No, she doesn't. I'm drawing a blank. It's, I love homeschooling, but my kids are with me all the uh, time. Yeah. But on that, we were talking about some favorite things, and I talked about jazz apples. Mm-hmm. And so Lauren, who's listening, is like, no way, Fletch. You have got to try out this other apple. And she recommended Envy apples. Okay, so the two of you, between your Envy and your jazz apples, have completely stymied me in the produce section at the grocery store. Because now I look at those big like you know, piles of Fujis, and I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't buy those. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, I went out on a limb and saying jazz were the best, and then she told me about Envy. I tried them. Seriously, people, if you can get these in your market, they are crisp, they are yummy, and I'll tell you this, Lauren, at first I tried it and I didn't like it, but man, I am addicted to Envy apples now. So, Where do you hey, get an Envy apple? I get it at the local market. They have them okay. in their stack. There's like Fuji and Gala. Don't even, don't even think. If you're going to write in and say, oh, I like Red Delicious... <laughs> You know what? That is the absolute you, wrong you name for You have killed your taste buds. Yeah. <laughs> the, the fact that they even use the word delicious is ridiculous. They're red. That, I'll give them that. But it's like they should just be called red apples. Do you remember in your lunch bag when you were a kid and there was a red delicious or a yellow? Worse, worse to me were the yellow apples. They were always like mushy and grainy and bleh. Yeah. Worse. So again, go out and get an Envy apple. The best. Our homeschooled kids have no idea what they're missing. Yeah. And... I'll tell you, this guy that wrote in the review on iTunes, you are getting more fluff today than you've ever wanted. (laughs) This is awesome. Also, I've been talking about coffee. Yeah. What is the deal? Are there no coffee companies out there? We had a a listener write in and said, hey, I mentioned you to our local coffee roasters. I mean, seriously, people, we drink coffee. And I would love to be saying like right now, hey, I'm drinking coffee from bob's coffee shop and i would love to say well that's the funniest <laughs> that our bob's town coffee. has a bob's coffee shop but i wouldn't drink their coffee but you know they just you know be able to talk about somebody's coffee because that's a good product placement so get out there tell your local coffee brewers hey fletch will promote you and i don't they don't need to pay anything they just send me a bag of coffee every week that'd be fine <laughs> every week can i get on the ice cream promotion bandwagon go for it <laughs> okay how you know anything all right we will talk about your products. I mean, I'm into swag, but I'm really into coffee. Have you had Talenti Gelato? I you asking me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm just saying. I live in you your know, house. The thing is, if people haven't tried Talenti Gelato, oh, 
it's the meal. Forget dinner. Just eat it. So is that enough fluff for this episode? Did we, <laughs> did we, we meet our fluff, fluff quota? <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Hey, hurlers. I want to tell you about my friend John Wilkerson over at thewiredhomeschool.com. John's a fellow homeschool dad and podcaster, and he recently had an episode on called Teens, Tweens, Social Media, and Mobile Devices by the Numbers. And he went through a bunch of statistics about our teenagers and our homeschoolers and how they're engaging in social media. And the thing I love about John is not only does he share great advice and great information, but he's coming from a Christian homeschool perspective. And I was listening just the other day, and I wanted to share this clip with you just to kind of whet your appetite for what he does over at the Wired Homeschool. Listen to this. 25% of kids spend five to six hours a day online. Five to six hours a day. So they're going to school. They must be online while they're in school. Or they're staying up late into the night and staying online or the constant checking that they're doing of things online adds up to 20 uh, adds up to 5 to 6 hours a day. So one quarter of you out there have kids who are online 5 to 6 hours a day. And I, I don't I, I want to be very very blunt when I you know I want to be kind but also blunt. Just because you homeschool your children doesn't mean that they won't fall into these categories. If there's one thing that I found when talking to youth pastors and youth leaders, they will tell you that it doesn't matter whether the kids are homeschooled or in public schooled. For the most part, these statistics still apply to them. So you see, John not only shares great information for us, and every podcast he has good information on technology and how you can use that in your homeschool. We've had him as a guest on this show before, but John also knows the gospel, and he knows that homeschooling won't save your children. So go over and take a listen to thewiredhomeschool.com with John Wilkerson. Kendra, you know what that last little clip was, don't you? I do. That's wipe out. Yes. That's the sound of surfers wiping out at the beach, but uh. it's also the theme song for today's episode. Now, this came from a new listener who wrote in, mm-hmm. and he was kind of found us and started doing what a lot of people are doing, which just started binge listening to us. And one of the questions that well, he he submitted a lot of questions to us, and I think it you know there's like five or it was a it was a bunch of long questions. Mm-hmm. And you and I took those, and at the end we said what? Yeah, we just took all of those and said, let's cover burnout, because um, certainly his questions are not unique. Lots of moms in this position and lots of dads wondering how they can um, help ease the burden. Yeah, so this is a good time of year to put this episode out, right? Absolutely. Um, as we're recording this, we are. it's actually Valentine's Day, and this is the middle of February, and I think a lot of us get to this point. Um, I, I get to it earlier because the holidays sort of wipe me out too, and then all of a sudden, you know, we, we've got six months of school looming, and we wonder how we're going to get to the finish line. Yeah, and you know, I think like a lot of times when we're talking about this topic or any topic on homeschooling in real life, 
we have found that it is a real topic, not just because we talk about it, but there's plenty of other people struggling with the same thing. So what did we do on this episode? We made it really easy on ourselves. <laughs> we, we did. We quickly went to all of your girlfriends. Right. Yeah. And I just sort of went down my list and said, okay, I've talked about this subject with her and I've talked about it with her and I've talked about it with her. Um, you know, I know there are moms. Uh, in fact, I had a conversation with a, a blogging friend recently who who don't ever really experience this for whatever reason. Maybe they're better balanced people <laughs> than I am or something, but you know, they they don't understand the those of us who are saying I'm weary, I'm burned out, I'm exhausted. Um and that that could be to you too. Uh I just think there are quite a lot of us who are juggling the schooling, the homemaking, um, the running kids to where they need to be, the uh, ministry obligations, you know, add to the list, whatever, whatever that is for you. And then suddenly we find ourselves totally in and over our heads. But we know that the best thing for our kids is to continue in the, in educating them in the way that God has called us to do it. It's hard as moms to let that go. And we, we then just sort of keep doing the same thing every single day. And we finally find ourselves hit it, hit against a wall, I think. Yeah, and this, I just want to let our listeners know, this is a husband-wife episode. They all are, yeah. but this one is especially. So don't, I hope you're not listening to this thinking, oh, I'm a, I'm a burned-out mom. It's not about being a burned-out mom. It's about being burned out, and you don't homeschool in a bubble as, right. a, as a homeschooling couple. Now, we know we, listen, we have listeners who are just single homeschooling moms or single homeschooling dads that listen, Yeah, and... This is going to apply to you as well. So I think maybe the best thing is just, let's just start reading through these questions. And then what we'll do is we'll read them and then kind of get the feedback that your friends did. Let me tell you, it it was great to interview these ladies. A ton of common threads Mm -hmm. on the answers. So let's just get started there. The first question that this listener asked, and again, I know people are going to you know, really relate to this is, has there ever been a time, and, and the questions were related to us, mm-hmm. has there ever been a time where you guys uh, wanted to stop homeschooling yes. and just <laughs> put the kids <laughs> in public school? Uh, like yesterday? Right. Uh, it's the public school thing that has been the deal breaker. Um, because where we live, we live in an economically depressed area, um, rural in some sense, uh, and the econ- or the uh, academic options are not stellar. We just don't have a lot of options. Um, and so that's always sort of the hurdle for us. So quit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Put them in school? Yes. Find other ways to do things? That's ultimately what we've had to do? Yeah. So I think, though, the funny question here is like, and how you just answered the second part to his question was, how did you handle that? Um, but I, I think it's funny because it's like, have have you ever, has there ever been a time? It's like, has there <laughs> ever been a time morning? this yeah. week? Yeah. I mean, that's the funny part of this question. And I think we'll find that same theme here in the responses from uh, some of our friends. My name is Michelle White, and we have seven children, and our oldest is 11 going on 12, and the youngest is one, so we've got seven kids in there. We've been homeschooling from the beginning, so we've been homeschooling about seven years. Has there ever been a time where you guys, meaning uh, the two of you, um, have wanted to stop homeschooling and put the kids in public school? If so, how did you handle that, or how did you process through that? There has never been a time when my husband and I both wanted to put the kids in public school or in some kind of alternative school. 
there have been many times that I have wanted to do it, uh, and I have either texted my husband in the middle of a crazy day, or I've, uh, at the end of a long week, have said, I can't do this anymore, I've got too many kids with special needs, or I've got too much going on, or there's too much expected of me. And he's usually the one that talks me down from the ledge, and he helps me to remember why we do this. Okay, my name is Carrie Clark, and we have seven children, ages 13 down to 3, and we have been homeschooling our oldest since kindergarten, and she's an 8th grader, so however many years that is. What is that? Like eight, eight or, yeah. Eight, eight, yeah. eight or nine years. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> okay, so has there ever been a time that you guys thought you might want to stop homeschooling and start the kids in public school? Um, yes, actually. Yeah, William and I have had this conversation several times, and um, I think both of us have at different points felt that, like, this is too much. Um we're not doing this as well as we should be or whatever the reason. We just have both felt at different times, but this is it. We're sending them all to school. We're done. We've had enough. You know, part of that, too, is just kind of processing again, going back to, like, why we started in the first place. I am Cheryl Pitt. I live in northern Maryland, just off from the uh, Mason-Dixon line, and I have been homeschooling since 2001. And I currently have three active homeschoolers. Last year I graduated two. So it's been for a total of five. Has there ever been a time that you guys wanted to stop homeschooling and put all the kids in public school? Um, yes. <laughs> there has definitely been been a time. I went to my husband one day tearfully <laughs> and pretty much begged to quit homeschooling. Um and it was just a time where I really leaned on his strength. You know, he just, he really helped refocus me. He um, asked me the questions, you know, we need to go back to why we are doing this. Why did we start homeschooling? You know, are, are we going to give up when it's the toughest? Is public school going to give them what we wanted for them in homeschooling? And in most cases, the answer was no. Um, so it was just a process of refocusing on the why. And um, allowing my husband to hold me up some. Now, the second question is very similar to the first question, but it's really directed more towards you, Kendra. Um, Has mom ever been burned out and wanted to throw in the towel? So, you know, that's more like, is mom the one burned out? Which really kind of gets to that idea of like, yeah, you're carrying the load of homeschooling. Have you ever been burned out? And then how did you work through that as a couple uh, was the question. So very quickly, have you ever been burned out? The easy answer is absolutely. Yeah. I think there's d- different levels of burnout that I've experienced. Um, s- somewhat to the pressure, you know, uh, as I had, remember when our oldest began high school or was, you know, an eighth grader and all of a sudden the weight of being the one to keep the transcripts and the records and it was really daunting to me. And, um, I think I just felt the weight of that and like, I can't do this. Um, that's one level. Another level is just, you know, the basic, like it's not really the homeschooling that's burning me out. It's all the other stuff. So we get through the academics fine, but now there's laundry coming out of our ears or, you know, there's gotta be a meal that has to be made or a baby that has to be breastfed. You know, that's me sitting down breastfeeding a baby can't get anything else done. But also at the same time, the toddler's taking apart, you know, the living room and 
undoing. You know what I mean? Like there's that kind of burnout too. There's the burnout that says, I feel like people, other expectations are being put on me by other people. Um, so different levels of that. And in every one of those situations, in some way, I've had to be reminded of the truth. And the truth is that I don't, I, and I shouldn't carry all those burdens by myself. So Fletch, you, you've had to live with me for the last 17 years of homeschooling these kids. And so what does that question look like for you? Has there been a time where Kendra wants to throw in the towel? Again, I will say that this is a regular conversation where she's done, she's finished, she doesn't want to do this anymore. And yeah, there are different seasons. So there was the early ones where she was just burned out from just all the little ones. And then there's, I've been doing this so long, I'm just so sick and tired of it. And then there's the February burnout, which comes in the Central Valley right after a lot of heavy fog. Mm-hmm. And I'm just burned out with the weather. Um, so it's different responses along the way. Sometimes it's, hey, you just need to get out and get some sunshine and get some vitamin D in your skin. And that's the answer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, let me remind you why we started this. You know, right. you, hello, let me go back to the beginning. Um, a lot of people get burned out with a diet until they realize that, you know, three weeks ago when they started it, it's because they looked at themselves in the mirror and said, I need to lose some weight. And, you know, we looked at ourselves in the mirror and said, we want to educate our kids to the glory of God. And maybe I just need to be the reminder. Um, the bigger one and the one you were sharing is burned out on, um, just, just burned out on the, the process and expectations. That's just a reminder of the gospel. Yeah, Absolutely. And I would say, too, that I remember when I hit the 15-year mark, it occurred to me that probably pretty nearly everybody in any career hits burnout at about the 15-year mark. Don't you think? I mean, haven't you, as a dentist, had years where you're like, I've been doing the same thing? Yeah. And you need some sort of a fresh wind or rest or reminder. Um, And so I I did hit that a couple of years ago, and I would say I'm pleasantly past Uh, that huge hump. So hang in there if you're at that big hump, because um, there can be a fresh wind. And I I really prayed about that. I asked the Lord to give me some practical things. And now I'm I'm genuinely excited about um, the kids that I'm homeschooling. What I'm really interested in is um, what my girlfriends had to say, Fletch, because you did these interviews when I was when I was running kids to classical conversation stuff and Bible study and, you know, lots of things this weekend. Um, So I'm just curious to hear what these gals have to say. Have you as a mom ever been burned out and wanted to throw in the towel? <laughs> uh, I have definitely felt burnt out and wanted to throw in the towel. It's because of the constant nature of homeschooling where you or I am with my children all the time and I don't have that many opportunities to be away from them. It gets really, really tiring and it gets a little old and I just think, oh, wouldn't it be nice if they were to just go somewhere else? Um, so yeah, absolutely. I have been there. I am constantly there and I have to remember that, um, there is a reason why we're doing this and, and and it means that our homeschool changes from, you know, from sometimes from month to month because I need to do what I need to do to keep myself together so that I can keep doing what we know God has asked us to do. A lot of the times it has to do with me too. Like, am I not feeling up to the task? You know, am I giving in to that pressure of every mom's doing better than me? I'm going to fail my children. They're going to end up, you know, not succeeding in life because I didn't get that math lesson done today. So I just have to put it back in perspective of what is going on that's making me feel like this. Am I not taking care of myself? Like, am I not spending time in the Word? Am I not praying? Am I, for me, exercise is really important. Am I not doing that anymore? Am I eating too much? You know, just whatever's off, 
a lot yeah. of times I bring it back and then I can find the whole, the root of that feeling of like, I'm freaking out, I'm burnt out, I can't do this, can be found in those areas. It does get better. You know, I, I would lean on my husband for support. I would, we were belonged to a co-op at that time, you know, so I had, I had a support system of friends. It really helps to surround yourself with people who have the same goal, who know the same struggles, and can help you through it. And again, focusing on on the why and what you want. You know, that getting getting to the good stuff is isn't always easy. You know, the work is worth it. The third question from our listener is whether or not you and I ever had a disagreement about what the the most important things were. So, you know, maybe one spouse is saying we really need to focus on academics this year and the other saying no we really need to work on character development H- has that ever been something that we've struggled with yeah so i'll take this one because i don't think we have uh first off in academics you know i'm not the strength here that's really in your wheelhouse i mean kendra is the one that does because it comes natural to her and she loves it that she really focuses on the academics, and that's fine. I love that she can use her strength that way. This question, though, do you have different preferences? I just don't think it comes up because, and I'm not a mamsy-pamsy husband-dad when it comes to schooling, educating, and chores and all these things about our kids. I'm not disengaged. But I have we have lived with the idea that Kendra manages the home, and I'm managing my job and work. So I don't ask for a lot of advice at the office on how to do what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I will also often come in and say, hey, what are we going to try and accomplish this week, today, this year, this semester, and really give you the freedom to kind of map that out. Yeah. I think you've asked me leading questions over the years, like, do you really need to be doing that? And and um, and you've said it in a nicer way than that, but there actually, I remember way back when, maybe when we only had three kids, but that's when we started homeschooling. Our oldest was four and a half, and then we had a two and a half year old and then a newborn. And, um, that's the year we started homeschooling. And I remember wanting to add something. I don't remember what it was. And you said, okay, Kenj, I'm looking at your whole year here. I'm like, I'm looking at you from, from the big picture and, I mean, I think essentially you said, are you nuts? <laughs> you know, like, really? You want to add that? I mean, you were, again, much kinder than that and really actually uh, asked me questions that led me to realize that it was dumb to try to add whatever this thing was. Um, I would say that's that's one wonderful benefit uh, of a husband who cares about um, his wife and, and her well-being is that you have the big picture and I'm in this little myopic spot, you know, like usually in the schoolroom in my chair <laughs> and I see all of life from that spot, you know, and you're seeing the grand picture and your perspective is really helpful. Now, I'll, I'll jump in here before we're going to take a quick break and then we'll listen to what your, your girlfriends had to say. But I just want to jump back in here again because I, I do think this one can be a little bit more tailored to our our listeners who are dads, um, we did do an episode where I sat down with some fathers, uh, just homeschool dads, and we talked about the role that homeschool dads played. And we talked on this exact mm-hmm. issue. So I would encourage our listeners to go back and listen to episode 19, which is what homeschool dads wish their wives knew. I sat down with three great homeschooling dads and we talked through this. We had, it's actually a really fun episode. It's one I think I, I kind of commandeered the, the microphone for that episode and did the you whole did. thing by myself. It That's was great. really, really fun. So go ahead and give a listen to that one too. Uh, again, episode 19. 
And um, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and listen to what your girlfriends have to say. Hey, Hurlers. You know how much I love podcasts, and you know how Kendra and I are part of a network of Christian homeschool podcasters called the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. So in the middle of this episode on burnout, I thought it'd be fun to just quickly plug a show that we really love called Vintage Homeschool Moms uh, with the host of that show and actually the founder of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, Felice Gerwitz. I have Felice here. So Felice, why don't you tell us a little bit about your show? Hey, Fletch and Kendra and all of your listeners. Um, First of all, I love the topic of burnt out homeschool moms because I've gone through that. Um, just uh, want to tell your listeners that uh, this too shall pass and to keep persevering. Um, yeah, come visit me at Vintage Homeschool Moms. We have lots of topics uh, for homeschool moms on um, homeschooling as well as the academics, uh, life uh, with homeschooling and family and so much more. So really appreciate you having me on and uh, wanted to um, tell everyone how much I love your show as well. All right, hurlers, you heard it. Go over to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, look up Vintage Homeschool Moms and check out a great show. Thanks, Felice. And we're back. We are answering five questions from a listener of homeschooling moms about burnout. Um, But this reminds us that we have an upcoming episode. In fact, our next episode, episode 40, is called Ask Us Anything You Want Again. Episode 20, we asked you to submit questions. We had a lot of fun with that. And so we would love to see this happen again. If you have questions for us on the topic of homeschooling or parenting, um, spiritual life, the gospel, anything you want to ask. Anything. Anything. I mean, you can you can get personal. We'll have fun with it. Uh, let's get back to this topic. Before the break, we were uh, answering his question about what do you do when mom and dad maybe don't agree? You know, mom wants to go down this path and dad wants to go down this path, and how do you handle that? So we were going to listen to your friends, so <laughs> let's go back to uh, my, my quick interviews with them and, and hear what some of their families do. So have you guys ever struggled with what each of you thought was the most important thing or something that maybe your husband valued more than you or you valued more than him? Um, and how did you guys kind of process through that? I think in most, mostly in homeschooling, with homeschooling, we've kind of been on the same page. Probably one of the things that we've struggled with most is I carry, you know, the brunt of the homeschooling. And so for me, it's easier to keep on a schedule and to have time during the day to get done what we want to get done. And then if we're going to do activities, go out later in the afternoon. And he tends to be more spontaneous and kind of want to take breaks or days here and there and not do everything, you know, sequentially every day the same. So I think that's one of the conflicts we've had. As far as activities, I think both of us kind of tend to evaluate the same in that area. But um, we've kind of had to come to an understanding of, you know, when we're doing school, it's really important to kind of maintain some kind of schedule throughout the day. Otherwise, I don't do well. And then that trickles down to the rest of everybody else. Nobody else does well when mom's not doing well. Have you and Shane ever struggled with what each of you saw as the most important thing um, or that one of you values some part of the homeschooling education more than the other? And how have you handled uh, two parents having different priorities? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Yes, in the beginning especially. 
Um, my husband was very focused on academics, and I was focused on making education fun. And um, it, it, it was kind of hard to find common ground there. But the way we work through that is, is mutual respect. Um, I, you know, I did my best to give our son, because we only had the one at the time, um, you know, the, the best education that, that we could find to be diligent in his schoolwork and, you know, make sure that he, we checked all the boxes. And my husband was, you know, very understanding and supportive when we wanted to just, you know, take a Friday field trip, you know, for a few months. Um, it, it's all about balance and, and respecting one another's opinion. Has there ever been a struggle between you and your husband as to what each of you saw was the most important thing or each of you valued things more than the other? You know, honestly, I, I don't think that there has been that I can really pinpoint. Uh, it's prob probably more the struggle is that I think we need to be more academically focused and I'm worrying about, oh, we're missing out on something, we've skipped the subject, they're not going to learn all these things. And my husband comes and says, Yes, those things are important, but we can't teach them every single thing before they leave our home, and we need to focus on the most important things. So the conflict is normally I'm stressed because I feel like I'm leaving something out and all the pressure's on me, and my husband reminds me that it's not all about me, and uh, we are equipping our children rather than turning them into some kind of robots before they leave our house. On to question number four. Now, this one makes me laugh out loud. So, yeah, I'm sure it'll make you laugh, Kinch. Uh, part of the reason um, this guy was writing in was his his wife seems to be homeschooling all day long okay. from like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Oh, it's exhausting. And, and he said, you know, the reason is uh, his kids aren't exactly motivated and they're what? a little slow to complete stuff. Wait a and minute. I think he used the term lollygag. And, <laughs> I and love the question that term. is, do you? Do your kids do this, or, or is this just ours? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> do I do this? <laughs> Part of the difficult week we had, Fletch, as you know, was dealing with um, a lot of lollygagging in our home, particularly amongst older children. Um, yeah. Do we deal with this? All the time. All yeah. the time. And, I mean, let's just go to the answers from your friends, because, <laughs> I mean, when I asked it, Everybody laughed out loud when I asked the questions, kind of like, well, yeah, yes. <laughs> like every single day, like one of the moms was, she, I, I, I think I have her reply. I don't know. I'll, I'll see if it's somewhere in this interview. But she said, uh, yeah, I'm still in my bathrobe reading a novel because kids are not getting their schoolwork done. Oh, that's a brilliant answer, right? Because yeah. then it puts the impetus back on the kids. And yeah. that's, that's a great point. So let's go to their responses. Have you ever struggled with your kids? lollygagging, and how have you helped them? Yes, I have. Um, and each child, it's been different because you really need to find the source of the lollygagging. What's the reason? Um, are they lollygagging because you know they're, they're just being lazy <laughs> and, and they don't want to do the work? And, um, you know, that's a hard issue. You need to work on diligence and you know, honor and integrity and, and doing a job well done. If they are not getting their work done because they're easily distracted, that's a whole different issue, which we've dealt with as well. And, you know, you need to find ways to refocus them. Sometimes that means only, you know, 15 minutes per subject, and you repeat each subject, you know, three times a day until you get through the lesson. We've done things where you take a uh, poster presentation, a cardboard presentation paper, and create like a little cubicle 
so that the child doesn't have visual distractions, you know, homeschooling with headphones on so there's no aud auditory distractions, things like that. Some of my children are slower to get their schoolwork done. Uh, it's normally because they're distracted. Um, what I, what we do with those kids is we have a time limit. So I'm like, I can't be homeschool mom for the entire day. I have other things that I need to do, and I've got other children to take care of. So I normally say, if you're not done by 2 o'clock, well, then you have to do it on your own, and I'm done now. So that's kind of how we handle that. And when we have kids that lollygag or are just kind of dawdling, we they just have to get it done, and it means they don't get their free time until their schoolwork spends. I can identify with every single question here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Have you, as you're struggling through that, have what have your answers been for lollygagging kids? Well, one thing I do have lollygaggers, and it just it really creates a lot of tension for me and everybody else. And one thing that has worked well at this moment, it's working well, um, is I use timers. And for one in particular child, um, I set the timer for example, like for him to complete his math page. And I give him plenty of time with even extra time, and I let him know that if he completes his math page within that period of time, then whatever time is left over, he gets for his break. And whatever time, if he doesn't finish, then we just go on to the next task, and then he has to use his next break time or free time to finish that math page that he didn't finish during that time period. If he knows that he can get extra time, then he'll work a lot harder to get his page done, and that has really helped us. Fletch, this last question is heavy, and he's asking whether there's ever been a time that a husband, uh, in maybe in their homes or in our home, if you have ever had to step in and say, we need to end doing this thing this way, or we need to change course of doing this thing this way, because this is not healthy for our family. Yeah, so um, as the husband in this relationship, I would say it just ha doesn't come up that often. No, it doesn't come up often. If it's coming up often, I think maybe there's some communication issues that need to be handled. Yeah. So I, I would say for us, I mean, we'll answer this one first personally. Um, we tend to map out a year. We tend to map out general goals we're trying to accomplish. And then we tend to map out the path that we're going to get there. The problem is, is when mid-year we decided to start putting stuff in. So let's add this. Or, um, But we certainly, you and I model, we have every aspect of our life committed to something. Mm -hmm. So our church life, we're going to commit to ministry. Our kids are going to commit to ministry. We have body life there. We're going to commit to a community group. Mm -hmm. They're going to commit to a community group. And as we have more kids and more ages, that adds on. Um, what about you? you? You mentioned you had an example of this. Yeah, um, and I think you're right. We've made some practical decisions. Um, we've said, is, how is this going to help this child in the long run, you know, or our family? We've quit. We've outright quit things. You have, you have our permission. You, you have God's permission. You have anyone's permission to quit. If this is not the best thing for your family, quit. Quit Awana. Quit piano. Quit whatever it is that's causing way more um, stress and disharmony in your family than you, it is gaining any good from it. But this reminds me of um, a local friend of ours whose wife had been homeschooling their children for a number of years. And I'm not exactly sure of what the specific stressors were, but I, he said to her at one point, I want my wife back. So 
that's an ins- that is just you know an example of where homeschooling for them was was somehow damaging their marriage. She was putting so much time and focus and energy into homeschooling these kids that the marriage was suffering. Um, and so they did end up putting their children into school, and it has been all around as a whole a fabulous choice for their family. And she would tell you that's not necessarily what they're going to do forever and ever. Amen. But in a season where he was, he was seeing a big picture and, and feeling the strain on their marriage and their family, that was the decision that was made. Well, let's listen to what your, our backup team has to say, see if they back up what we just said there. But I know there have been times in our homeschooling where, um, during one of those times when I've said, I need to give up, I, I don't want to do this anymore, and he and I have sat down to kind of go over, well, what are we involved in? What's going on? What's our focus? And he has said, um, this is what we're going to do. And he'll instead of just asking me what I think we should do, he can see that I'm no longer capable of making that decision. And he'll step in and go, okay, this is what we're going to do. And that took some pressure off me because the kids weren't respecting me in that way, and he wasn't going to allow that to continue. Most recently, it was more about a sport issue, and our boys were going to go from one sport straight to the next sport, and we kind of agreed that this was going to happen, although it was going to put a lot of time crunch and take away from time at home, and he made the decision kind of last minute that said, you know what, forget it, we're not doing that. And for me, it was a big relief. Like, that change in direction for that period of time was, okay, that's great, because we need time to kind of reconnect at home in the evenings. Uh, has there been a time when your husband has had to step in and change the entire direction of either the homeschool or the family? We, we've we had uh, little little issues, you know, along the way. But I think we check in with one another so often. We discuss, you know, the day, day to day, that you know, he's aware of even the little hiccups and helps me make small changes to our path as we go. Um, so that there's not this big upheaval, so there's not too much, you know, drama. All right, so that wraps up those questions. We're really thankful that that listener took the time. Now, we, as we listened to them and we read them, um, we could kind of put those all down into just this, I love homeschooling, um, but I'm totally burned out episode. But let's just remind you that if you have questions and you want to submit them, you can go right onto our website, uh, homeschoolingirl.com. You can uh, hit the Contact Us button there and send your questions right in. Um, if you would like to reach us through Facebook, you can do that at facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl, or you can tweet to us at homeschoolirl. Again, on the next episode, we want to have a lot of fun with the questions, so submit them early, get them in so we can start talking about them. We don't always tell you what's coming up, but we have told you that our next episode is Ask Us Anything You Want. But right after that, episode 41, we've interviewed Rachel and Davis Carmen, the owners of Apologia Educational Ministries. And we had a lot of fun with them talking about uh, being the have-to or the get-to parent. And if you can relate to that, I think you'll love that episode coming up in two weeks. Remember, if you can find a way to get an Envy Apple, try it out. Yes, they're yummy. Drink some coffee. and no, not drink some coffee. Oh, I'm sorry. Send Fletch some coffee. We're looking for sponsors, people. Uh, <laughs> and uh, hey, Talenti Gelato. Talenti Gelato. If, you, if, if you, I say it enough, won't, won't they maybe sponsor a podcast? Probably. If you can find a way to ship that to Kendra, that'd be great. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you next time.
This is Michelle White. This is Carrie Clark. This is Cheryl Pitt. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Everything on this show was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. You can find out more about this show at homeschoolingirl.com or by searching for them on iTunes.